Welcome to Abiding in Hope, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820, and online at stgabrielradio.com. My name is Marianne Jepson, and my co-host is Father John Sims Baker. He is the Vice Rector of the College of Liberal Arts at the Pontifical College Josephinum and a priest of the Diocese of Nashville, whom we are so blessed to have here for however long God uh, allows it. We're happy to have you in Columbus, Father. Um, how you doing? I am finer than a frog's hair. And I'm hoping by now that we have regular listeners who know what the answer to that is. And that's mighty fine. And that's mighty fine. <laughs> Indeed. And how about you, Marianne? Uh, <laughs> I caught you off guard. Why did you have to say that? Like, I don't have any catchy. I'm going to have to come up with something catchy now. Uh, better than better. Better than fine. I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, I should say. I'm well. I think I'm well. <clears throat> People may have some thoughts about that. that <laughs> Let's don't go there. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> okay. Um, are you ready for a question? Oh, no. We have to pray. Got to pray. We have to pray. In the name of the Father, Father the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you and bless you and glorify you today. And thank you for for this day. We ask you to bless this time that we have together uh, to use it for your glory and for the salvation of souls, uniting it to the work of your Son, Jesus Christ, who did everything to glorify you and for our salvation. And we ask all of these things in his name, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And we pray also, asking for the intercession of our Blessed Mother, as we say, Hail Mary. Full of grace, grace, the Lord, the Lord is, is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among women, and blessed, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, you can never tell how we're going to open a show and where we're going to go, like off the rails. <laughs> it's not just <laughs> open the show. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> that's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> so happy that we have that prayer in there to just kind of um, recollect us, but I'm not sure that entirely happened there. But anyway, um, for us, we can always we can always go off the rails. But we do have some good questions here, and we need to get busy. So, Father, here's the first one: prayers, fasting, and almsgiving. These are the fundamental practices of Advent and Lent. How can I make a renewed effort to salvage these seasons? from being just average year after year, and how do I carry the penitential aspects of these grace-filled seasons on throughout the rest of the year? I always struggle with this when it is not a determined focus during the rest of the liturgical season. Do you have suggestions on how to carry the discipline of these seasons and the spiritual benefits into the rest of the year. I would appreciate any practical suggestions you might have. Thank you, Martin, for that question. That's a good one. Very good, very good. Um, well, first of all, I would say these 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 penitential practices or any other thing in our spiritual life whatsoever, one of the really important things for us to do is to um, remember the end that for which it's designed, what it's what it's for, what we're looking for at the end of the day. And that is for an increase of the virtue of charity in our souls. Um, 
Everything in our spiritual life ought to be about growing in charity. That means charity is the love of God above all things uh, and the love of neighbor for the love of God. And so everything ought to be leading us that we're doing in our spiritual life to grow in charity. And if it's not, as St. Paul says, basically, throw it out the window. You know, St. Paul talks about you have to have all these gifts and all this, these, all these other wonderful things, but if I don't have charity, I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. So let's remember that. So it's not like this isn't supposed to be just kind of a spiritual workout or something like that, and we're going to say, okay, how many reps can I do of you know almsgiving or or fasting or something like that? It, it's supposed to be about growing in charity. So that can help us, I think, to alter our 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 interior attitude about this, that this is about growing spiritually. It's not about, you know, doing some great, you know, feat or something like that. Um, and so we want to humbly you know, enter into this. And and you refer to those, pra- those practices, particularly prayer fasting and almsgiving. You know, there's that, the gospel for Ash Wednesday always contains that passage where Jesus teaches us about these things. It's very interesting, and I think it goes very much to the heart of your question. Jesus mentions all three of these things, and he says, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give alms. He doesn't say, if you pray, if you fast, if you give (laughs) alms. Mm -hmm. He's assuming that this is going to be a regular, ordinary part of the Christian life. Mm -hmm. And so maybe these seasons that are a little more focused, particularly Lent, um, uh, we want to renew these things. We want to uh, examine our lives about them and say, how maybe can I open myself to be to grow in charity in these ways? Um, but the whole point is actually, to, to, as you're suggesting here, to build it into our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something that like we take up and want to then let go after a certain season or something like that. And I think it's very helpful to maybe look at the advice of Jesus himself in that particular passage. He talks, for example, that when we um, pray, we should you know go not not pray in a showy way, but grow go into a, an inner room, you know, and pray in secret where the heavenly Father sees in secret. And that can be in a sort of a private place physically, but I think it also has a spiritual meaning of going into our hearts and make sure that we're, you know, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit to make sure that that temple is really a place enlivened by prayer and that the worship of God is really going on within us. And if you start to develop that habit, frankly, it's pretty hard to give up. Uh, once you're, you know, it, because it, 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 there's a, a life that comes from that. Uh, he says also, when you fast, make sure not to be gloomy about your fasting, but you know, to you know, wash your face and go out and and be joyful, you know, in 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 your fasting. Learning this freedom, fasting isn't so much a saying no as saying a, a yes to something bigger and more important, and. Um, so, and it helps us to do that and gives us this sense of self mastery as well. And he says, when you give alms, he said, basically, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Um, you know, give alms as a, a, a really a giving of your, of yourself. And, and there's so many ways 
both to fast and to give alms beyond some of the ordinary ways people think about. You know, one of the ways I think we could really do some fasting in our culture nowadays are are sort of technological fasts. You know, mm-hmm. fast you from um, yeah. things like um, um, you know being on social media so much, or or those sorts of things, or you know certain websites you go to, or something like that. Um, and also the kind of almsgiving that you can give, certainly, and that means giving of our material goods, but also the the kind of alms we can give just of time and of attention, you know, to make sure that when we're giving, that we give of ourselves as well. So um, I think the thing is what, what you want to do is to cultivate habits, ultimately, virtues, uh, that at the end of the day, we are. We want to be um, as human beings. We're creatures of habits. It's one of the interesting things in Matthew twenty-five at the Last Judgment, um, where, where where Jesus talks about you know separating the sheep the sheep from the goats, and he tells the, the oh, you know you saw me when I was hungry and you fed me and you saw me when I was naked and you clothed me and you saw me all these different ways, and and then he tells the those you know the goats that they saw him in all these ways and they didn't do those things. It's interesting, those two groups have one thing in common. The one thing in common is they're both surprised. Why are they surprised? Because the virtuous had made a habit of those things they did, and they didn't really even think about it. They just did it. And the others had these vices, which are habits, things that they had not done. They didn't notice these needs anymore. They just didn't even notice. They didn't come to their attention. It had become habitual. So that's the whole idea. So you're definitely on the right track here of wanting to build these things into our life. So, and, you know, one of the basic ways, and this is sort of maybe more up your alley than mine, Maria, but forming a habit is repeated behaviors, right? Oh, so true. Repeated behaviors. So true. You, You must be reading my mind because that was the kind of thing I was thinking too. But even before that, I was thinking that, so the church has these liturgical seasons, Advent and Lent, in which we um, had the penitential aspects of this. We don't just do these things because the church tells us to do this, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, because if we do it just because of that reason, we've kind of lost the inner attitude that you were talking about, Father. And I think that, and the, and the, um, the virtue that comes from that. So the beauty of this is, this is such, these are such great seasons to be able to, um, practice those disciplines, even if we wouldn't be doing them outside of Advent or Lent. We're starting these habits then. Why drop them, kick them off, you know, to the side at the end when we've found that these virtues have been growing in us during this time? And um, and so I'm thinking, it, again, it's one of those things where what we've learned from this, even if so, we might... Um, refrain from something we might fast from something for that period of time during lent do we have to go back into it like you talk about social media or something do we like oh boy i can't wait you know it's 
it's Holy Saturday, <laughs> and now I'm back on my social media. Well, you know, full force, like all time. Do we have to do that? Or maybe can we just turn it back a little bit and realize, like, okay, uh, maybe I do need to check in on some of these things, but I don't need to go back as much. I've learned this, that I can do without this, and I'm really quite happy. And mm. I, I was filled with grace during this time. So it's a time of reevaluation, I think, um, after Lent is over or Advent is over, whatever it is, um, of what can I carry with me through the rest of the year. And I have a word that um, uh, I was actually, I was talking to the seminarians the other day, and there were two words that I had. They were two P words. Should I give you a vocabulary quiz, Father? Great. Let's do it. Okay. Perspicacious. Wow. I don't think I can spell that. You know, it's I a don't rough have to one spell to spell. P E R S I P I C A C I O U S. That's perspicacious. Mm. Can you use that in a sentence? <laughs> well, we'll, how about we do the definition? Now, this one is really not the, the word, but that's, a, it's a good word. Seeking insight and, and attaining understanding of things. It's a good word. So seeking insight, like what did I gain from Lent or Advent? What were those virtues that grew? And really trying to seek the, the wisdom and the understanding and the insight into that. How can I carry that forward? The other P word, pertinacious. Mm. Okay? Definition? Mm. Oh, I'm stumping the priest. <laughs> Oh boy, this Go, is good. I'm sorry. Tell us. I'm Tell sorry. Us, no, they're big words, and I'm I'm I love big words. <laughs> not that that's, not too many. I have never met anybody that really knows it. They're more you know, than three so, syllables, <laughs> Mary. Come I know. on. So, so anyway, um, pertinacious is in how this relates to um, this whole conversation about carrying beyond those liturgical seasons is it's it's about not being offset by difficulties it's being single-minded and 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 dogged in some of these things even it's um unshakable realizing that yeah this temptation is coming my way with whatever it is like i want to go back and oh yeah my habit used to be being on social media at least six hours a day or something and so there's that drive inside to go back to that afterwards well no i'm going to be pertinacious in this and i'm going to um um be dogged and not allowing that to happen. And I have, I think that something's coming my way here, probably. No? Okay. Um, with these big words. Um, anyway, I'm going to toss it back to you, Father. Oh, you're tossing it yeah. back? Oh, okay. <laughs> good. No. Yes, because I, I no, thought but, it was a good time to do that. No, but you're, you know, you're absolutely right. That's the, the, um, the you know, when, when we grow, we want to, you know, to continue to, to build kind of like the, the spiritual life is a, it's like sort of like going up a spiral staircase in a way, you know. It's not usually a direct, really mm-hmm. steep ascent mm-hmm. usually. Although sometimes we do that, but it's sort of a circling around and around and again and again. You're you, part of the reason why we have these liturgical seasons that come around again and again is that there, there are not too many things in life that we just do one off and we got it. You know? Yeah, that's right. We mm-hmm. we come back around. Mm-hmm. We come back around. But hopefully the next time around, a little higher up. Mm-hmm. Just like on a spiral sure, staircase. Sure, And, you know, there's a, another way of, of describing that, too, that how we make changes in our life. You know, we might have um, a kind of a, an ascent that's pretty direct, 
And then suddenly we go back down a little bit and we fall off. Now, sometimes people lose hope in that when they're dropping down again and they're like, oh, I'm failing. I'm a failure. I'm never going to get this. But that's the point at which you realize that's normal because then you get back on and you go back up. So you're higher at the next drop if you drop off a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're higher than you were before. And so each time maybe you have a setback, you get back on the, and you keep on climbing. And you're still always higher than you were before. So um, any other thoughts on that? No, I think no? I think that's, well, no, that's good. Okay, all right. Good. Well, I hope that uh, um, the person who sent this in thinks that's good, too, because Martin, that was Martin. Thank you, Martin. Um, and uh, you're listening to Abiding in Hope, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Mary Ann Jepson. My co-host is Father John Sims Baker. Um, and we have another question, Father. I was married for 12 years when my wife left me. At the time, we had three children, ages 9, 6, and 4. We had a lot of arguments and challenges in our marriage that really started well before we were engaged. I won't go into all of those details, but four and a half years ago, we received our declaration of nullity. My ex-wife is now in a serious relationship and about to be married. Our children are now 16, 12, and 10. We still don't agree on a lot of things, and I see this as a major problem in the future. The guy she is marrying is okay, but his family has lots of problems. I'm concerned about my children and how this will impact them. I'm also concerned about their spiritual lives. I'm Catholic, and my ex-wife and her boyfriend don't practice. Any advice you have is appreciated. Thank you. Well, a few things I would say. You know, in this situation... um, you're responsible for what you can be responsible for, um, and what your um, former spouse and her boyfriend what they do, you know, isn't your responsibility. But what you do is your responsibility. So, uh, you mentioned, for example, um, that there, that the, you 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 and your former spouse don't uh still don't agree on a lot of things. Well, you may not agree on things, but don't be disagreeable. You may disagree, but yeah, don't be disagreeable. Point. Especially in front of your children. You know, don't make things harder for them. You know, don't put them in a position where they uh, have to decide or choose or think ill of one or the other of you or something like that. Try to, to you know, be to deal with these things, and but but and 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 they may involve disagreements, but but not to be disagreeable about it. And that's very very difficult. And let me back up just a little bit and say, you know, that I know that's a very very hard situation, um, you know, that you are in. But also, I would say. As you said, you're at the towards the end of your statement there. I'm Catholic, okay. We'll live that very, very fully, and and believe it or not, I think maybe more than you might realize. Your witness, your example, your practice of your faith, your living of your faith, your struggle to grow in virtue and holiness, has much, much more impact and influence than you probably think it does. The um, the the influence, interestingly, I, and again, this is probably more up your alley than mine, Marianne, but I have read that um, 
a father has tremendous influence on his children, particularly in religious matters. So um, even though you can't control what might be going on in another part of their lives at this point because of the breakdown of your marriage and your former spouse's impending remarriage and that sort of thing, you can try to be as holy and as good a Catholic as you can possibly be, uh, you know, for the love of God, for your own sanctification, but also for your children. And it's about the best thing you can do for your children, actually, to tell you the truth. And it has more effect on them than you may uh, actually realize, and certainly more effect on them that, that, than they might let on. You know, they're probably not going to say that, you know, at least right now. But but don't lose hope. Live that. Live that faith very, very much. And I, I really do feel for you and people in your situation um, and you know, your whole family, for your children. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying this to be harsh in any way, but uh, I just encourage you to, that there is, um, you know, when in a, in a marriage situation, I would just encourage anyone out there who's struggling right now but are still married, do whatever it takes. Do whatever you can possibly do. And I know sometimes things are beyond our control, but do whatever you can possibly do to try to salvage things, uh, especially for the children, especially for the children. Um, Trust in forgiveness. Trust in joy as well. Be joyful. Um, Be joyful around your children, even though you may be hurting very, very much. Give that example. And also pray a lot. Pray. And trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. Have faith in him. You know, this might be a hard, difficult, hurtful situation, but that's what Jesus came for. That's what Jesus came for. So trust in him. Offer it up and lift it up to him in every day. And that's where you place your trust and confidence there. I think that's beautiful, Father, that you t- talked about the um, how fathers are the pillars, you know, oftentimes of the faith and how much that their children look to them for that and gain great strength. And um, that's so beautiful. And I think it's very encouraging for the individual who wrote this um, to know that the strength and the power you have by just being faithful and, um, and, you know, kind of even referring back to the question that we had earlier about the disciplines and, and things of the faith and just continuing to practice. If you only have them every other weekend, take them to Mass. Do what you can in the amount of time that you have them. Instill the faith in every way. Try to be sure that they're in um, some faith formation programs at a youth group or, or whatever, and and to help them to nurture good friendships because if they're getting at least half of the time with um, an ex-spouse and boyfriend who don't practice the faith, that does impact them. Um, But to do your best to nurture good friendships or help them nurture good 
healthy friendships, whatever you can pack around them. Um, that's all good and faithful in that. And one other thing that I, I might say is never F underestimate the power of prayer for your ex-wife and that boyfriend too, because, um, and I would be, you know, relentless in that prayer for them because you don't, you know, the final story, the final chapter is not written on any of this, but what you can do is pray for them and God can do the rest. And, um, you know, we have a God of miracles and so don't ever <laughs> underestimate that. Um, any other thoughts, Father? Yeah, just like this. And actually, this even relates to the previous question yeah, as does, well. Quite is just to be very, very intentional in your faith. And again, find people who can help you. Mm-hmm. Find Maybe not directly, certainly if there are, but, but people who can help you in your faith. Again, uh, this quotation from Proverbs I like a lot. A man surrounded by his friends is like a walled city. So people who can help you, maybe directly in this situation, but even just to help you to be holy. And you know, I think too that um, if you're Catholic, I I may make an assumption that perhaps your parents are, and if you have siblings, they are too, and those are great resources to to, um, impact, uh, you know, your children as well. Um, I think that it would be a great thing if if more parishes probably had... um, resources for single parents. I think that's a a great thing. Um, I think also there's uh, remarriage prep programs or things like that that would be helpful because a lot of times people don't realize that life gets even more complex um, in second and third marriages uh, because they may be bringing in, you might have two sets of children and then there's all of that extended family and everybody has opinions. If you remain strong and um, determined and peaceful and, and turning to the Lord for all of the times when it's very frustrating for you, I think that goes a long way to help your yeah. children Yeah, as don't well. count yourself out yeah. of the life of the church. Just that's don't for do. sure. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. And so, dear Father, we are at the end of another um, show, and uh, it's been such a joy and pleasure to have you all with us. Uh, thank you for joining us on Abiding in Hope. Again, you can send in your questions at abidinginhope.com, and we'd love to have you, Father, send us out with a blessing. All right. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You can catch the show on um, the archives at stgabrielradio.com, and we're also on um, Mondays at 1230 and Sundays at 2 p.m. And until next time, God bless. This-